0: Welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube show, based on a podcast. As always, I'm your host, MJ Smith. Mike Moray is not joining us this week, however, I am joined by a guest. Um, So everyone, welcome to the show, Pat Spurlock. Hello. Hey, how's it going, man?
1: I'm good, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, Pat, uh, we're here to talk about Halloween, Mm -hmm. the 2018 reboot sequel thing from Blumhouse, and uh, written by Danny McBride, of all people, and uh, directed by David Gordon Green, who's an indie director. Um, but before that, let's get a, uh, uh, to know you a little bit. So uh, I had you on because you're a you're a Halloween fanatic. Yeah. Uh, that's like, when I think of Halloween, you're the first person I think of. <laughs> um, and we haven't known each other that long, so that's how much I associate <laughs> yeah. you with Halloween. Um, but also, you're just a horror movie fan in general. Yeah. Right? So a uh, couple questions. One... What is it about horror that you really connected with? And two, what is your favorite horror movie?
1: I think as far as connecting with it, um, I just, it kind of matches my personality in a way. I don't have, I don't have a lot of patience for things sometimes. <laughs> okay. And a lot, a lot of times, uh, you know, the horror movies that I got into as far as the slashers and all that kind of stuff, it's pretty, uh, Pretty straight to the point. You yeah. know, you introduce, you kill, you're done. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know that was sort of what I was into it. And I just, I do tend to lean towards the the darker side of things, the weirder side of things. Um, you know, it's uh, some of some of it's you know intriguing, I guess, to a point. Um, but then at the same time, like, yeah, there's some movies that you know there's plot twists and this, that, and the other. But it's just, it's pretty straightforward you know, for yeah. the most part, um, you know, but that, that was definitely like my, my early introduction to it as far as like, I was like, okay, cool. I like this. Yeah. What's you
0: the, know. uh, the earliest horror <clears throat> movie you remember seeing?
1: To I don't know. <laughs> I mean, my, cause my early association with horror is like the commercials for like Nightmare on Elm Street and oh, stuff okay. like that. And, uh, um, cause I mean, to be honest, as far as what I'm into now and is it, as into all this as I am, when I was young, I was scared to death. <laughs> like, I couldn't, I couldn't watch the Thriller video, okay. you know? Um, so, like, I didn't watch much until, like, later on. Uh, one of my earliest, uh, like, memories of horror was um, uh, Zelda from Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah, yeah. And... F- For years, I could remember her and I could remember that scene. I couldn't remember what movie it was from because I was young enough when I saw it to where I just had her in her head and it was like the scariest thing I could remember. And then years later, when I watched it for the first time as an adult and I saw her, it's like my blood ran cold. I'm like, oh my God, it's her. There she is. This is the movie. So that's sort of like my really, my earliest horror memory, I guess. Um. Uh, Halloween, the original one, is actually the one that I think kind of got me into all this. Okay, it was the first time that I really just you know got into the the franchise aspect of it and stuff like that. Because by that point, we were all the way up to I think right before like H two O. Okay, I remember I really started getting into all of it and right. stuff like that. So around ninety seven, ninety eight, give or take. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was the one that kind of turned me. You know. Um, I've got the original logo tattooed oh, on my arm and nice. stuff. And, you know, it's the one that got me into the, uh, even the collectibles and stuff. The first collectible I bought was an 18 inch Michael Myers. and Oh, wow. Um, and then like Nightmare on Elm Street followed shortly after that because I, again, I think I had that memory of, you know, being afraid of the commercials even and stuff. Yeah. Um, and now it's just, you know, it's all in now. Now yeah. i i pretty much watch everything one way or another so
0: yeah so what's your favorite all time is it halloween
1: i think yeah it still you know kind of has that soft spot for me um you know because it was like i said the one that i got into it's simple it's straightforward yeah. you know it's basically a dude killing babysitters and, yeah <laughs> you know that's it um you know as far as like things past that now i mean the shining's one of my favorites um it's funny because I'm talking about things being, you know, straightforward and not having patience, but I do love now, like, you know, the 70s, you know, kind of like slow burn stuff. Yeah. Like well, that. and you
0: liked Hereditary this year, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love love that. Um, you know, and, and that, yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example of that slow burn. And then, you know, once things get weird, it, it takes off and yeah, it's it over. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was great. Uh, and it was cool to see something like that do relatively well, like mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I see people talk about it here. People talk about it now. And that's one of the things they talk about. Loving was, you know, sort of that throwback feel to it and stuff. And a movie that drives me crazy that people didn't watch and sort of, they assume they don't like is Lords of Salem. Oh, cause mm-hmm. it's the same thing. You know, it's, it's weird. It's slow burn. It doesn't make any sense. And then it's over. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, people that say they like, you know, Suspiria and stuff like that would like Lord of Salem, but nobody gave it a chance. Yeah. <laughs> so. I remember
0: when that one came out, um, it got pretty decent reviews from mm-hmm. like all the people, like the film critic people. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet. I remember it got pretty well-reviewed, and then just, I didn't hear about just it ever again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, yeah, it did horrible in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the average moviegoer and anybody that was familiar with, you know, Rob Zombie, they, you know, either wanted another Halloween-type movie or wanted Devil's Rejects or whatever, or assumed that's what it was going right. to be, and it totally wasn't. He actually spent time filmmaking and, you know, I mean... Even, there was, I mean, almost Kubrick-type stuff to it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, people were like, well, what is this? Yeah.
0: And, yeah. Yeah, I know you're a big Rob Zombie guy. Yeah. Um. So do you like the zombie Halloween movies?
1: The first one, the, uh, like, prequel remake thing, I did like. I mean, you know, he just made a good movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he put his thing in it, you know, kind of made the... White trash family you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. you know, like he always does, and um, introduced some new things to it, you know, some things to move forward, but then stayed faithful to the, you know, the idea of the series. Um, you know, I think overall, as far as for that time period, it he just made a good Halloween movie. Yeah, um, second one was kind of a mess. Um, you know, he he did what he needed to do with the first one, stayed faithful, made everybody happy. And then he kind of went nuts with the second. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of stuff in that movie that I loved that I almost wish he would have just sort of like held on to for another movie oh. or something instead yeah. of trying to mix this weird world with Michael Myers. And, um, you know, in itself, I mean, you know, I can watch it. It's entertaining. There's, you know, a lot of cool kills and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. as a Halloween movie, I mean, it just got little weirder than it needed to be yes yeah, you know that
0: makes sense that makes sense um so uh with that we'll transition into talking about halloween as a franchise
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh full disclosure i've only seen the first one and this one now um so i'm not familiar with the ins and outs of anything past the first one i know you know i know the basics yeah. of it too is you know the one where they introduced that it's her brother right that's the kind of yeah, yeah yeah and then the third one was the one where carpenter was like we you know this was never about michael myers this was about just scary stories yeah he one wanted
1: a halloween franchise not a michael myers franchise yeah, yeah. and then
0: people hated it and so yeah. <laughs> four is the return and then you go up through is h2o or resurrection the last one uh i guess moment. it'd be resurrection yeah so yeah. you then you go up through resurrection and those are all about michael myers mm. and then you have the Rob Zombie ones, which are kind of their own thing. And now we're back again uh, to this other one. But it's this like weird offshoot timeline that ignores everything except yeah. the original John Carpenter first one. And um, so it's it's like a weird up and down like twisty roller coaster yeah. through the franchise. Um, but what do you think it is that <clears throat> has kept it going? Because this movie just opened to $77.5 million yeah. this weekend.
1: I think... You know, like I said earlier, the, you know the the first one it was just a dude killing babysitters. Yeah, there wasn't anything over the top to it. There wasn't anything outlandish about it, um, and it just appealed to people. You know, there is there there's are some people that are more scared by something that can potentially actually happen. You know, with just mm-hmm. a dude with a knife killing people versus a full on monster. Yeah, you know, um, I think that's the initial appeal to it. You know, it's it's simple enough and sort of plays on that somewhat primal fear a little bit, I guess. Um, And the first one, it just you know, it was was basically you know two hippies and a no-name cast and crew making a movie, and I think that sort of has that appeal as well. You know, it's I could have made that movie sort of thing.
0: Yeah, you you see that a lot in horror movies, right? Like if you think of the iconic horror movies. Um, that really kicked off careers, right? Mm-hmm. You have Halloween and, like, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Like, Night of the Living Dead was just some friends-making yeah, movie. Exactly. That's literally it. Evil Dead, mm-hmm. you know? You, you know, if you look at Sam Raimi's career, starts with Evil Dead, he ends up making the freaking two Spider-Man movies, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, And it, there is a very, like, almost guerrilla filmmaking style that I think horror really lends itself where, yeah. well to because they're cheap to make. They make money. They you know, you get a really big return on an investment if you make a good one. Mm. Um you know, it's in their like you said they're really simple. They're yeah. really straightforward. There's no there's no layers yeah. to it as far as, you know.
1: It's a good opportunity to just figure out how to make a movie. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, with with a comedy, you have to tell a story that lends itself to being funny and or if it's a drama or, you know, whatever. Right. You have to be good at telling the story. And, yeah, you know, there's, there's story to horror as well. But it's, at the same time, it's, you know, it's jump scares and it's blood and it's this and that. And it's just figuring out how to make a movie and make all that happen where you are. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more uh, sort of, like, physical doing as far as... The making of the movie as opposed to telling a story
0: yeah yeah and that first halloween i mean that kicked off a revolution in horror movies that was the um the first one that kicked off this modern era of slashers Mm. you know like michael myers jason uh freddy krueger that that you know the in the 50s and 60s you have universal monsters Mm. that you really associate with that era of horror and then you know Then you have the 70s, which brings in the slashers. Then I think they were popular through the 90s, and then in the 2000s you had, like, the Saw movies and stuff like that. And now we're seeing almost a return back to the slasher things, because, like I said, this movie just made (laughs) $77.5 million opening weekend, um, which is crazy for an R-rated movie. That's so high. Um, So, yeah, I think there's something about the it can happen in, Mm. like, Haddonfield feels like anywhere USA. Exactly. Well,
1: I mean, essentially, you know, it was wherever Haddonfield is, but, you know, it was basically Pasadena, you know, where they (laughs) they did it. And so, like, that idea of, like, yeah, you've potentially seen that street, you know, that could be your street. That could be, you know, um, you just look out the front door and there's just houses and white picket fences. And, you know, so yeah, it could be anywhere. You know, to a point. And yeah, I think that's part of what makes it work. And then as far as Michael Myers, there's nothing to him. You know, it's overall it's a mask and, you know, a knife. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't, especially in that first one, he doesn't have that, any you know, of that superhuman stuff. There isn't, you know, anything mm-hmm. weird to it. I mean, in a way, he's, you know, my favorite monster it's Frankenstein's monster. And in a way, I mean, there's almost, you know, they almost move the same. They almost have that that slow turn aspect and stuff. And I think that appeals to people in a way too, because it is just so, you know, so old school um, that it just, it worked.
0: Yeah. So what do you think made it survive all these iterations, all these, you know, this deviation in Halloween 3, which is, a movie that some people have a lot of fondness for, but some people really hate. And then up through some like pretty bad yeah. sequels.
1: I think like taking out number three, cause I mean, number three to me, honestly, isn't a bad movie. It's a good mm-hmm. Halloween season movie. You know, if they would have just called it season of the witch and left it on its own, people probably wouldn't have those bad memories. of Yeah. It. And I think now, like since, you know, DVD releases and the Blu-ray set and all that I think more people now are like well there's nothing wrong with this movie yeah it just didn't have Michael Myers in it yeah but I think as far as why it's worked and why it's stretched there are some people that you know as soon as October first hits they want horror movies they want you know they want to be scared they want you know just a Halloween season in general and for the most part I mean I can't remember when every sequel necessarily came out um, you know, I know the, the zombie one came out like Memorial Day weekend or yeah, something yeah, like I that. Yeah, yeah, I think his came out in like August and September. Yeah, like, and like, it had like the, I mean, it still has the biggest holiday weekend box office, you know, to that point. But, as far as going back to the season of it, it, it just appeals to people, you know, it's, it's Halloween, scare me. Yeah. And, you know... It, it, the series definitely kind of got off the rails. and got weird. I mean, um, you know, number four was, you know, a relatively straight up sequel because they had to bring everybody back in after the season of the witch stuff. Right. Um, And then five and six is when it kind of starts to get, you know, a little weird. They start trying to explain things. They start trying to, you know, all of a sudden there's these, you know, weird druids, cult thing and oh, all yeah. this stuff and, even for me, I mean, I've seen all the movies at least a couple different times. And even for me, there's times where it's kind of hard to follow. Because that whole Izzy, her brother, Izzy, whatever thing, even that even gets weird for me to a point. Because mm-hmm. it's really hard to figure out sometimes exactly how they're explaining it.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and there's something like when you demystify a character like that, they become totally toothless. right? Yeah. Like there's no... If you try to explain why they're scary, then they Mm. aren't scary. Because fear is based on the unknown. Exactly. And so when you try to make the unknown known, you're like, so that's
1: it? Well, like number six, that's the one with the whole cult thing. And there's a scene that I remember like really specifically, you know, they, I can't remember where it is, but they, they go into this thing where they're having the, you know, it's not black mass, but it's whatever they're like you know, a seance, or yeah, seance kind of thing, whatever it is. And there's everybody there, you know, in the robes and the whole thing. And Michael Myers is just standing there <laughs> and there's nothing to him. You know, he no. this thing is what's controlling him and making him evil. And he, yeah, he's just standing there. He's, I mean, just a big dummy in a, jumpsuit you yeah, know yeah. and I'm just like alright well that's stupid you know Yeah, why isn't he cutting up this entire room of people right now Yeah, and there's a scene even later he's uh I can't remember what happens but he's on the ground and there's some thing where like they they draw something around him and he can't get out of it and like Dr. Loomis is in the hallway like afraid of him waiting for him to get up but he can't do anything because he's in this thing and Wow. I'm just like, all right, this is,
0: come on. (laughs) Yeah. So with that, you know, now you have Danny McBride and David Gordon Green come in. They're working with Blumhouse. Jason Blum is the top horror producer. I think when all is said and done, probably of all time, once he reaches the end of his career. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's only been producing movies for 10 years, which is crazy. Um, no, seven years, because Insidious was the first Blumhouse movie, and that came out in 2011, and now he's, you know, breaking records, and everyone wants to work with him, and you see the Blumhouse logo in front of everything now. Um, and he's, they've made, they've released enough quality horror movies to be a kind of trusted brand Mm -hmm. in horror, and I think that, um... Jason, all you all you really had to do to sell me on this movie was say, Jason Blum's producing a new Halloween. Mm. And that sounds perfect to me. Yeah. That sounds like a great marriage of those two. And then you hear, you know, oh, Danny McBride's writing it. And you're like, guy from Pineapple Express? Yeah. And like all the Seth Rogen movies? All yeah. right. And then you hear David Gordon Green is directing it. And I don't know how much you knew about him going in, but not the guy I would have yeah.
1: assumed. <laughs> I didn't know a lot, but at the same time, I was like, okay yeah (laughs) i mean he's
0: i like i think i've liked every movie of his i've seen but i just never would have put him in that um in that universe and so they came out and they said you know we're going to simplify this we're going to streamline this we're going to take away all the cult stuff Mm. we're ignoring everything except the first one we're not going to do the brother thing the first trailer even you know um they said oh that's not her her brother All that stuff. We're just making a simple back to basics. 40 years later, Michael Myers escapes. Laurie Stroud has to go after him. Like, we got Jamie Lee Curtis back. She signed Mm. off on it. She's producing. Carpenter's doing the music. Like, the ingredients are there for a great Halloween movie. So, uh, how did it turn out, in your opinion?
1: I think they did exactly what they had to do. Mm. You know, we have been through... I mean, however many it is now, 10, 9, 10, <laughs> yeah. however many sequels and stuff, and you just you end up just digging through everybody else's crap along the way, because like you know, like Resurrection, they it was a weird movie with Buster rhymes and Tyra Banks, right? You know? <laughs> but it for in a way they just made a Halloween movie, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, they did the whole weird webcam thing and all that stuff, but they just made a Halloween movie. They just didn't do a very good job of it. And even zombies, he just made a Halloween movie, and that's what this was. But it just stripped it so far back to where you basically had the essence of number one, to where that's what they had to do. Mm -hmm. I had this almost a little bit of a like anticlimactic feel at the end of it. Yeah, but the more I thought about it, I was like, well, they they had to do that, you know they. They just made a Halloween movie. They took the, the the story of it, the essence of it, and, you know, did well. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was just, you know, it was, it was a good Halloween movie. Yeah. It's kind of the way I left it. Um, I've seen and heard a couple people talk about, like, how violent and how bloody it is, and I didn't get that. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I guess a couple of the scenes that were maybe a little more over the top, I guess... Are the ones you remember yeah. after. You know, it almost has that Texas Chainsaw effect where it's so gritty and so real that you remember it being this, like, blood fest, but it's not. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened with this. You know, there's, you know, a couple of scenes that I guess stick with you a little bit, but...
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was... Fine, like I don't have any real complaints about it, but I'm not rushing out to go see it again yeah. either. You know,
1: I think in the in the grand scheme of things, it's you know, it's not going to be a classic. Yeah, but it's not. You know, you'll watch this before you watch, um, you know, Resurrection or you know, even uh, even H two O or yeah. something like yeah. that. You know, you'll watch this before you watch those again. I believe, but um. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the night, it, you know, it got back to the, you know, kill the babysitter and kill a couple random people and, um, you know, which was just, as far as murder goes, fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Um,
0: I think, you know, that's the thing with these slasher things is as far as I'm concerned, when I go see a slasher movie, they're the protagonist. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm there to watch them kill people. (laughs) Um, And so... You know, Friday the 13th. So with that, I really only like slasher movies in a crowded theater on like a Friday or Saturday night. Like I don't like to just like sit there and watch them because like there's something fun like vibing off the crowd reacting to the kills and stuff. Um, So the first time I saw Friday the 13th was last year at the Fox when they showed it on Friday the 13th. Mm and i had a blast with that movie yeah. man like i'd never seen it before and i was like whoa this is great yeah. and then that same month i watched halloween for the first time at a friend's house with like a few other people yeah and i liked that but i had way more fun at uh friday the 13th yeah. so i saw this in a crowded theater last night and it was like i had fun watching it with people but i feel like the movie ran out of steam a little bit yeah. like it just it's only an hour and 46 minutes long and it feels like it's like 2.15. I don't know. Yeah. It feels really long for some reason. And just like there was a big stretch in the middle where I was like okay, like let's...
1: Let's get to it. Yeah,
0: let's move it along. Come on. And in a way
1: that's the way the first one is. And it's funny because we watched uh, my wife and some friends we watched the 78 version in theaters on Monday. Oh, okay. Um, and then saw the new one on Friday. And as much as I love the first one it is kind of weirdly paced. You know, there's sort of the initial things happen and right. then nothing happens. And then kind of that bam, 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 bam thing. And this one almost followed that pacing a little bit, but it's half an hour longer. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think a little more than half an hour longer actually. And, um, that was the thing about this one. It, uh, there, there was definitely a couple points where, it got back to the basics, but it also spent a little too much time explaining or trying to explain like the the doctor character yeah and stuff like that. Um,
0: yeah, I felt like it was try it was kind of existing in two worlds yeah it was trying to be this lean mean killing machine mm. but it was also trying to kind of add some pathos or some explanation or really do like a deep dive on okay. themes and characters. And I was like, all right, guys, like pick one. Cause I feel like there's, I, and I feel like the, the themes that presented were actually pretty interesting, but I just don't know if they were necessary.
1: Yeah. Cause even the, uh, you know, the two young, well, I guess they weren't reporters, whatever they were. the oh, podcasters. Podcast journalists, yeah. Even they were pretty unnecessary. Yeah. And like you, I really early on kind of remember thinking like, I hope these guys aren't in the movie the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because they just, they didn't fit and it was really weird. And, uh, you know, yeah, ultimately they were only in the movie for 15, 20 minutes. I don't know if it was quite that long necessarily. But um, it was a weird way to, you know, reintroduce Michael and like antagonize him a little bit and they were using it as to show that that doctor was maybe not quite right. Yeah. You know, cause they were out there in that, whatever that was, that yard yeah, yeah, thing yeah. at the asylum and you yeah. know, all the other, uh, I guess they're not inmates, but you know, all the yeah. other, you know, patients, patients. Yeah. in the place, they're, you know, going wild and losing their mind and the doctor's like, no, keep going, keep doing it. And I was like, Okay, well, he's already obviously weird somehow. Yeah, and uh, but I think that's really the only thing they were used for was to show somehow, you know, kind of connect that yeah. stuff. And it—he th- was the one that I guess I had the biggest problem with because. I was like, "All right, is is this guy trying to be Doctor Loomis, or what is it?" Yeah. And Laurie even makes the comment at one point, "Oh, you're the new Loomis," and I really didn't like that because I didn't think it was necessary. Like we yeah. know, we know what Loomis was to the entire series. We know what Donald Pleasance did. You know he's passed away now. Yeah. So let's not try to recreate him.
0: Yeah, and like he has a line at the beginning of the movie. Right, where he's like, Oh, he studied under Dr. Loomis and yeah. then asked to take him over.
1: That's all you need. That's all you need, yeah. That's all and and then it got off in this whole thing and
0: Yeah. The, the script felt like it needed like two more edits before yeah. they took it to yeah. shoot. Like there was there were some unnecessary characters in it. Mm-hmm. The sheriff guy, the hat the guy with the cowboy hat. Yeah. He he,
1: he made no sense yeah. at all. There could have been just a general just somewhat new school strong-willed sheriff. Yeah. Without it being that character yeah of it um you know because I think that's all it really was was it was trying to show like you know new sheriff in town versus you know the guy that was from the original Halloween and right. the one that was there that night and everything. So yeah, that wasn't necessary and you know the just the plot twist with the doctor
0: I hated uh, that.
1: Yeah, it <laughs> And the thing, this is the thing that's weird, too. When Michael got out, I actually thought to myself, I hope it's not just a bus crash.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then that's what it was. It's exactly what it was. It was yeah. a bus, cra- bus crash. But they didn't make it obvious enough what happened. Yeah. Because yep. I'm looking at it as... They sort of showed him the doctor, you know... He's my patient until he's under someone else. And he talks himself onto the bus. Yeah. And then, you know, the bus crash happens. The kid shows up with a gun. And he's the only one there alive and unharmed. So in my head, I'm like, all right, the doctor caused the bus crash. Uh-huh. But they didn't do enough to, like, really show that. Yeah. It just sort of happened.
0: I hadn't even considered that till you mentioned it right now. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, it did a bad job of like explaining things, but then it over-explains some stuff. It's a that script is real weird, man. Because yeah. like, like I said, it tries to have these really heavy themes that I actually kind of liked, um, like the 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 relationship Lori has with her daughter Karen. Yeah, I felt like they were really trying to dive into, um, you know, being raised by someone with PTSD and how that trickles through generations, yeah. and um, you know. What that sort of broken family thing looks like, which is good as a theme, but Hereditary already did that this year. Yeah. The House on the Haunting of Hill House on Netflix is doing that mm. incredibly. I don't know if mm. you've watched it yet.
1: I'm starting it, not too far in. Anyway. Okay,
0: I, we're we have two episodes left, and it's mm. probably my favorite horror thing I've yeah. seen this year. I really, really, really like it. But we've had two things this year, and that have already explored those themes yeah. in detail. I don't need that from a Halloween And you movie. don't...
1: Yeah, that's the thing. You don't need it in this movie. Yeah. You know, you can touch on it. And, you know, yeah, it was a little bit necessary to explain, like, how the daughter was going to handle things at the end. Right. And stuff. But you didn't need the, uh... You know, there was the whole dinner scene, you know, when Laurie actually shows up. Yeah. And they have their moment. That was a little over the top. Um... It just, I don't know, it it was necessary but not necessary, if Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, <laughs> I
0: totally agree. Like I like I said, I liked that those themes I liked what those themes are. I don't like that they were in this movie. Exactly. Like I just want to see Michael Myers kill yeah. some people and then go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's it. That's all yeah. I need. And this felt like it just like it pumped the brakes too many times. Yeah. Like it felt like stop and go for two hours. Yeah. You know, and I was like, okay, like let's get on with it. Come mm. on. Um, as far so, once it got into the nitty gritty of it, what did you think of like the kills and the gore and the? And
1: I thought the kills were great. I kind of liked the fact that once he, uh, uh, you know, got the overalls and got the mask out of the car and all that stuff, there was almost this. Uh, <laughs> it was almost like preseason to a point where you know, he, went, he went into a house. He. Killed a couple people, you know. He got the hammer, and he's like, "Ah, that's not right." Hey, here's a knife. Yeah, like you know, it, that's what it really <laughs> felt <laughs> like. You know, it was. Yeah, you know, it was him getting his legs under him again. Yeah, you know, he had to get a scrimmage game in. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's how I felt about those kills, but I liked it. Yeah, I liked the fact that he was like, "Okay, I remember how to do this." I, yeah, I remember. You know, those are actually who I probably
0: am. my two favorite kills in the movie. Yeah,
1: those first couple. Well, because they're just they're so straightforward. Yeah, and it was. It went back to just guy and a knife. Yeah. Um, because, the, like, the zombie movies, he he was just so, just a bear of a man. Mm. And that's always, it. really, in all the movies, I've never understood, like, he just sits in a cell. Like, why is he so strong? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, he should be this skinny, gangly, you know, yeah. nothing to him dude. Like the zombie movies, you know, he's picking he's flipping cars, he's you know, (laughs) absolutely smashing TVs over heads and all this stuff and, you know, I mean the actor, Tyler Maine, he is a wrestler and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Michael Myers shouldn't be a wrestler, you know. Yeah. And so, that did this but then later like when he's in the the sheriff's car with uh, the granddaughter and the doctor. Oh, yeah. And then he kicks the gate out and, like, oh, yeah. forces, you know, kicks him so hard he pushes the driver's seat up and everything. I'm like, all right, well, why all of a sudden is he like this superhuman out of nowhere? Yeah. And then. And then when he crushes the doctor's yeah, head. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think the kill that everybody's remembering about it being so gory as far as what they think. Yeah, he stomps on the head. With just one just swift stomp, yeah, and I'm like, that's something that happened in the second Rob Zombie Halloween. He's stomped on the oh. dude's head, and in a pretty similar fashion. And I'm just like, that to me, that, that's not scary at all. Like, yeah, I mean, if, well, it looked bad. Would, yeah, I thought the
0: effect on it was really cheesy. It looked like a <laughs> trauma movie. Man. And that
1: was the thing. It, I mean, it looked like a bowl of soup. You know? <laughs> yeah, and. I thought the same thing that like, you know, it just didn't, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, the trauma movie kind of pretty much explains it, you know, it was, you know, borderline waiting for the eyeballs to pop out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with that said, I mean the, the other kills and the other things, you know, they're straightforward enough. Um, you know, there's, you know, some crushed skulls and stuff like that, that. You know, I could see him, you know, at least having the force to, like, bang somebody's head into a table. Yeah. You know, having the ability to, you know, totally kick out the center of a car and, yeah. you know, crush a skull. I don't think you should have that ability. Yeah. But, um, overall, you know, sort of minus that part of it, I think they did good.
0: Yeah, you know? I think so, too. I liked that first kill he does with the hammer. Mm. um i like that a lot because it's like off screen and yeah. like, the look of it was really cool because she's got like rollers in yeah. and looks it almost looks like the 70s movie you mm. know i liked the second kill where he gets the knife and he goes into the house and just like stabs that lady in the throat yeah. i liked the way he shot that where it was all through the window mm-hmm. um because i felt like and if you're gonna put themes in a movie like this i think this is how you do it. you have to kind of sneak them in and make it part of the story without stopping it. Yeah. And that's what happened because I felt like there was a moment where it really made the viewer confront themselves. Of like, it was almost voyeuristic. Yeah. Of like, why am I entertained by this? You know, I felt like it made me ask a question. Yeah. And I liked that a lot. What I will say, and this is going to continue a, a running meme this year on the podcast. Did you see a Quiet Place earlier this year? No. Okay, uh, I'm going to spoil the beginning of a Quiet cool. Place. <laughs> At the beginning of that movie, a five-year-old gets killed by one of the monsters mm. like in full view with a camera, basically. It's a PG-13, so it's yeah. not gory or anything. Yeah. You see the monster like, Argh! And I really like that. Yeah. And what I said on the podcast is that um, I if a movie wants to show me it's not screwing around, it needs to kill a kid. Yeah. And Because uh, kids are usually plot yeah. And he kills a kid in this movie, and I was like, cool, he snaps his neck in full view yeah. with a camera. But I feel like he should have killed that baby.
1: So that's the thing I... My wife and I actually talked about that. I, th- I feel like... Cause for, especially in a mainstream movie in right. 2018. <laughs> like, well, I, I didn't know the quiet place thing. But mm-hmm. like for the most part, yeah, kids are safe. Yeah. So when he did kill the kid, I was like, alright, yeah, they're not messing around. Yeah. But I feel like w- when they when they showed the crib and made you realize there was a baby in it, I think they did a good job of making you just uncomfortable enough to kind of have that, "Eh, he's not going to kill that kid. (laughs) And there was that little beat where he He kind of almost looked back and then walked away. Yeah. I felt like that was good enough. Okay. I, I, I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm a dad. You know, my sure. daughter's in the other room right now. <laughs> right. So, I mean, maybe that was that part right.
0: of it. My thing with that is, you know, they keep saying he's evil incarnate, right? Yeah. He has no rhyme or reason. He just kills for the thrill of killing. Mm. And then we see that and it's like, oh, but he's got a limit. Like, yeah. I don't know. I felt like... I felt like it was like trying to have its cake and eat it too.
1: There was... And there's weird things that like, I know... It, it skips all the sequels and skips all the stuff. But there was... There's little callbacks to moments. Yeah,
0: let me ask you what have you thought about those little references. There,
1: Well, there was in Zombies Halloween, when he's young, Michael, he's got this attachment to his sister, and, mm-hmm. and she's a baby in that. And I almost kind of felt like there was that sort of little callback oh, a little bit. That, like, I see. There's like he almost respects that innocence a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, whether that fits with the whole evil thing or not, you know, maybe not, but I, I think in a way that that's sort of what it is to okay. a point. Um, you know, when he killed the kid, you know, he was a threat. He had a gun, Yeah, you know, so he's like, okay, I, yeah, I, I thought take I'm care of it the too. threat. Um, so I, I think in a way that's what that was a little bit. Um, and like I said, it, it made you... Just uncomfortable enough for that minute of, is he going to do it? Yeah, there were definitely some people in my theater
0: that were like, oh, crap.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, from that aspect, I think it was fine. Um, I mean, to be honest, I can only think of one other movie off the top of my head where, like, a baby is killed. And that's Human Centipede 2. Oh, yeah. Um, And I can't think of anything else where they, they go to that point, necessarily. Yeah,
0: I think Hobo with a Shotgun does it.
1: I think. See, that the, I thought about that briefly, too. They, he kills the busload of kids, mm-hmm. like burns them alive. Yeah. And he points the gun at the infant, but I don't think ever okay. actually does it. Unless it happens yep. off camera.
0: Uh, does Toxic Avenger do that when the guy robs the McDonald's or whatever?
1: Is it? I can't remember. now. I see, now that, that you say that, now all of a sudden I'm remembering another scene where a baby carriage or something gets hit by a car hmm. now i can't remember
0: i feel like
1: one of those trauma yeah, movies yeah, a baby gets shot with a shotgun yeah something like that uh, and
0: then mother kills a baby in few full view of the camera yeah, i don't know I'm if you sure saw that too, yeah. um but yeah i just i don't know there was something about it where i was like well now i have to say this on the podcast and look like mm-hmm. an even bigger psycho because the the like the, the kind of meme that was born out of it is that, like, MJ's pro-killing kids. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, he should have killed the baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that, to me, it was like, oh, he's kind of toothless with that. I don't yeah. know. It, it took me out of it enough to, like, not really care about him for the rest of the movie really? a little bit. Yeah. Um, but knowing that there was maybe a callback to the zombie Halloween in that moment. That, that, that was kind of what I bit.
1: thought of a little bit. was, like, he sort of has that just... A little bit of enough of a conscience yeah. to where he's like, you know, this this kid hasn't done anything wrong yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's overthinking it a little bit. But there was enough of those other like little callback things where, um, and some of it was just playing on nostalgia. You know, that yeah. had to be done. Um, You know, especially with bringing Jimmy, Jimmy Curtis in and, you know, even the guy that played the sheriff and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They did it. I'm fine with like nostalgia as long as it's not that sort of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, hey, hey, remember this? You know, we did this before, you know. I, there wasn't too much of that. The only time I had a problem with it was when she was in her house searching through the rooms and there was that closet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, instantly you go to her being in the closet in the first one. And it's like when they did it the first time, I was like, all right, that's fine. Yeah. But then they did it again. There was a second closet <laughs> yeah. with like the same slots, the same, yeah. you know, grates, whatever. And then that's where the, you know, he had hid the, the father's body and stuff. Yeah. If they would have just done it once, I would have been fine with it. But they did it twice. And I'm like, all right, guys, we what, got it. We got so it the first time.
0: This was a, this this callback was a uh, a point of contention among my friends because I liked this one. What would you think about them redoing the ending of the first one, but with her? Um, where he pu- pushes her out the balcony, oh, yeah. and then she's gone. I actually like that a lot. I thought that was a cool little reversal.
1: I I did and I didn't. It was a little, a little much. Sure. You knew it was going to happen, because yeah. once you saw what happened, like you knew it was going to be there. Yeah. Because th- that's the thing. All of that stuff started to happen at the end, and I almost feel like they were kind of like, all right, we got to get a couple more of these in. Yeah. You know, because so there's her, yeah, falling off the, the banister and then disappearing. Um, and then there was even, you know, right before sort of the finale of it when her face appears out of the dark in the, in the oh, doorway. Yeah, yeah, she's you know, happy Halloween. That was the reverse of, you know, him, you know, appearing out of the dark. So there, there was a little too much of it, I think, in, yeah. uh, in that last half hour, 20 minutes. Um, I didn't, you know, I think in a way, like once I saw the whole, you know, the reverse finale in a way, it's like you, I guess it kind of had to do it to a right. point, yeah. you know. So I, mean, I don't have a major problem with it, but I thought it was a little much. Because yeah. it, was, it was a little too obvious, I guess. Um,
0: before we move on too far away from the kills, there are two things I wanted to bring up that I didn't like because they were really cool, but they were both in the trailer. And that's him... With the teeth over uh, the... I liked that a lot no, yeah. in the trailer. And then I forgot about it because I hadn't seen too many of the trailers for no. it. And when it happened in the movie, I was like, oh, I kind of wish they just would have waited on this. I feel like they they kind of um, blew a lot of the money shots in the trailer, it seemed like. And then when he's hiding in the closet and the babysitter's trying to close it and like she can't. Yeah. And then he comes out. I was like, oh, that's so cool.
1: Why was that in the trailer? It was... I, I still like the teeth thing. I think because it was, uh, you know, there there's something about just the you know the teeth bouncing on yeah So I like that one either way, even if it was in the trailer. The uh, the closet thing. I don't know. It it was a little a little hokey for some reason. Like just her just trying to close it and mm-hmm. it not closing it. Because, like, you knew he was there. Yeah. And it so it wasn't... It wasn't scary once it happened. Yeah. You know? And the light was on already. Yeah. And, like, so it... I felt like that particular spot ended up falling a little flat.
0: It felt like they were trying to redo that scene from the first one where he comes through the pantry.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. Which
0: is one of my favorite scares in a horror movie ever. Mm-hmm. I remember... I really remember seeing... I have a very vivid memory of, of sitting in my buddy's living room watching that happen. And he just bursts out of yeah. there, man. And I was I was just like, that was awesome! Yeah. That was so cool! And see, so,
1: yeah, that's the thing. I don't think this one did that. This one doesn't
0: have a moment like that. Yeah, And that's kind of like one of the things I didn't like about
1: it. Yeah, I think they almost tried to make that moment it. Yeah. But it didn't work. And then there was also... <clears throat> the other reason I didn't think it worked was that kid that she was babysitting because Mm -hmm. he was just running his mouth and cracking jokes the whole time. Yeah. And I know they were trying to be funny and they're trying to sort of introduce this little thing, whatever, (laughs) you know, I don't know what they were doing, but you know, all the way up to that point, he's kind of joking and, you know, kind of talking shit and whatever. And then, you know, even when he runs away and he's running down the hall and he goes, Oh shit. like, I think they're trying to make it funny. Right. But I was just like, that kid's not going to do that. He's just going to run screaming. Yeah. You know, and so that, that whole thing in that, that little five, 10 minutes was just kind of, kind of dumb to me, I <laughs> yeah. guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, what did you think of Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie?
1: I thought she was good. I, it's not necessarily my favorite type of like filmmaking i guess sort of that uh you know arsonist cookbook kind of you know, <laughs> um, booby traps in the house stuff yeah, because, the home alone. yeah the home alone yeah to a point you know i i thought i mean from an acting standpoint you know she was fine mm-hmm. i mean you know she she played the you know the ptsd part well and stuff like that but that's the other thing it's I know to a point you suspend your belief, you know, when you're watching movies and things. But it's always been weird to me when this person can just barely just function in life and society, but yet yeah, they can—they're
0: badass. Yeah, you know, yeah. I
1: mean, they've just—they've got every trick in the book in the house, and it just seems like a little much to me. Mm. I can't picture. I know it's forty years and she's been through, you know, they kinda introduced the whole thing of the divorces and losing the kids and all that stuff. I just couldn't picture Lori from the first one, you know, being the innocent high school babysitter all of a sudden being this, you know, grade A badass. Yeah. You know, at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. So that was a little weird to me. It I I don't know. I um I, I think they could have toned that part down a little bit.
0: Yeah, you could, yeah. you know,
1: she could have still had, you know, the guns, still had, you know, the the target ranges and all that stuff, but the full arsenal of you know every kind of gun you could think of and all that stuff just seemed a little, a little yeah. over the top to me.
0: Yeah, it um, was just like a really extreme example of yeah. that. Like I feel like they could have. It was almost to the point where I. It was so extreme that it came back around to not, I don't want to say being normal, but it came back around to where I was like, I don't understand why CPS took her. Yeah. You know, like, she doesn't seem that weird. Uh-huh.
1: And they never explained that aspect of it either, because for CPS to come take somebody, there's got to be a reason. Yeah. You know, just because your mom's weird doesn't mean CPS <laughs> takes them. Yeah, exactly. And so there was never, it was, it was brought up, but not explained. Not that I would have necessarily wanted more of an explanation, but... <laughs> yeah, that's not what this movie needed. Yeah, that's but at the same time, it was like, things. well, there's nothing wrong with her. She's got She's her just own just like family. a doomsday prepper. Like, yeah. there are people in
0: our town that do exactly. that. Exactly.
1: I, I have a friend that is yeah. kind of that way to a point, you Yeah, know? He's got that kind of stuff, and it, uh... That in itself, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. You know, um... But yeah, like I said, it was a little extreme. Um, I, uh, when she was just sort of playing the kind of vulnerable old lady.
0: Yeah. She was good. Yeah.
1: Um, And even the, uh, once Michael was there and like the confrontations were happening. Yeah, she stepped up and, you know, she was almost hunting him, you know, throughout the house. But there was enough moments, like, when he grabbed her through the door. Oh, yeah. She didn't all of a sudden, you know, pull some, you know, didn't, you know, like, karate stuff and get yeah. out of it. You know, she was she was stuck for a minute. Yeah. So there was enough of that to where, you know, she was vulnerable to him still. To where, you know, it kind of pulled it back a little bit. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a yeah. really good point. Um, What did you think about the ending, the ultimate resolution of... You know, she has this hidden basement under her, like the island in her kitchen, mm. and her daughter and granddaughter are down there, and then they all work together to trap him in there, and then they, you know, burn the house down.
1: I really, leading up to that point, I really liked that it showed her hunting him, you know, looking through that the rooms and, you know, doing all the thing. And I like, there was one particular scene right before he gets to the island in the kitchen where he's at the base of the stairs, and it actually shows him, like, looking around. And you almost get the feeling of his thought process of, okay, where the hell are they at? We haven't seen that before. We see him, you know, sort of chasing and maybe doing that initial look around thing, but there was this moment of him actually, like... You almost feel like he's saying, oh, mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I kind of, I like that. You know, yeah, it sort of brings back that toothless thing a little bit to a point. But at the same time, it's also in reality, he's not just going to instantly know where they are. You know, he's there's got to be that, that chase, that hunt a little yeah. bit. And I like that it showed that. I didn't like that just all of a sudden he knew, like, hey, I'm going to rip this island out of the kitchen because they're down there. Yeah. Because there wasn't anything really to ever show that.
0: Well, they shot at him. The daughter shoots at him. Okay. Yeah. Okay,
1: I guess I didn't make that connection. I knew they shot, but I guess I was confused by why all of a sudden he knew that that's where they were. Yeah. Yeah, they Um, shot at him through the floorboards. Okay. Um, As far as that part of it, I did like that... You because know, the daughter, she was almost, like, always blowing that stuff off. Yeah. It's not necessary. I didn't learn anything. You ruined my life, blah, blah, blah. But if you've got that type of thing ingrained in you, you know, it's it's going to come out at some point. Yeah. And so I did like that all of a sudden she was like, okay, I'm Laurie Strode's daughter and it's time to kill Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, so I like that aspect of it. But then comes back that whole weird booby trap thing. I didn't like the, you know, the bars shooting out. <laughs> yeah. like that because I don't even know how that would work. I don't even know how you do that. Yeah. You know? um, so well, I, and there was nothing indicating
0: that earlier.
1: The only thing that they they sort of did because at one point the daughter when she's there with the husband, you know, she says she makes a comment about you know this is my cage. This was my life. Oh yeah. And then later, the granddaughter, even though it was seemed out of place when she said it, she's like, "Oh my god, this is a cage. We're gonna die here." Mm-hmm. And then later, once they're out of it, they're like, "Yeah, it is a cage for him." Yeah. So like they they sort of pointed at it that you know this was what was intended. Um. As far as the you know setting on fire thing again, there was the crazy booby traps and it that was what I think was the anticlimactic thing. Yeah, I don't know how I wanted him to die. I don't know how I wanted them to do it. As well, sure that that was the way. Yeah, to, I wanted
0: know. it to be a little more physical. Yeah, like I wanted there to be more of a struggle where he ends up like dead. Yeah. you know,
1: and that's the thing. I just any time there's movies like this. You never know what you want, but you know when you didn't get it. Yeah, exactly. You know? And exactly. that's that's what this ended up being as far as that part goes. And there was a brief, like, when he's, you know, just looking up the stairs with the flames starting to come up around him. You know, there was that moment of, you know, I was like, <laughs> oh. <You know? Yeah. laughs> um, <laughs> uh so i mean you know they they kind of whether that was intended or not they kind of did a good job with that
0: yeah i like Uh, watching the three of them work together so like i liked when she was when she had the rifle the daughter had the rifle and she was like crying and screaming and then he like pops into the frame and she's like gotcha and she shoots him and then laurie comes out and is like happy halloween and she stabs him and then the daughter like the granddaughter gets her moment yeah i like seeing like the three generations of Strode women working uh-huh. together to like overcome this. There was that thing. generation
1: thing, yeah. and all of a sudden, them being like, oh, grandma's not crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. I really
0: liked that part too. Yeah. And I liked the sort of Texas Chainsaw ending um, of yeah. them escaping on the truck. Out, out of
1: the, out the back of the truck, yeah. yeah. I think the only. I liked that because I thought of the same thing, you know, of Sally on the back of the truck. Um, and, you know. I guess every horror movie you gotta leave that sort of question in your head a little bit, but then when they they focused on the uh, the granddaughter with the knife still in her hand, yeah, sort of insinuating like okay, because that's something else sort of a callback things where uh, I can't remember now it was four or five or whatever one Daniel Harris or Danielle Harris is like introduced in hmm. and like. She, like, touches his hand at one point when he's supposed to be dead, and there's this sort of implied, like, transfer of evil kind of thing. I kind of think that was sort of what that was. And even at the end of Zombies Halloween, you know, Lori puts on the mask at one point, and then she's, like, sitting in a in a padded room and she looks up and smiles. It's almost psycho oh know, yeah kind of thing.
0: And this one kinda of did that too, where yeah. but in a more subtle way where it was like he basically made another version of
1: him mm.
0: by terrorizing her. Yeah. But she's like the good like the Dexter version of yeah. him basically.
1: And that's the thing. And whether they're gonna go anywhere with that or whether they're gonna do anything or not, I don't know. You know, and there was did you sit through the credits? Mm mm. Uh, at the end of the credits, whether it means anything or not, there's you know there's there's music playing from the soundtrack and then it goes dead and there's the the sound of him breathing in the mask. Oh. So whether that means anything or not, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna
0: go ahead and say it does because this movie made seventy-seven million dollars <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. this weekend. <laughs> yeah, so
1: how they're gonna do it, what they're gonna do, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess in a way, being 2018, like. Maybe you know there's a female killer in line. Maybe know, I don't know, um, but uh, like I said, it going back to what I said at the beginning, I didn't love it, I didn't hate it. It was it was a good Halloween movie. Yeah, you know I feel like we've kind of been jumping a lot of the bad stuff on yeah. it right now, but you know from a nostalgia standpoint, I I like the little callbacks, the little things. There's even the you know, when all the kids are out trick-or-treating, and he runs up to him and runs into him, and, you know, hey, mister, and, like, you know, that's a direct scene from the original. Yeah. Um, there's, a, at one point, when all the kids are trick-or-treating, there's three kids in the uh, the masks, and they're the masks from Season of the Witch. Calling yeah. uh, uh, three. Yeah, the, the Silver Shamrock masks. Yeah. You know, so, like, you know, that was kind of a cool thing, because I know there's some people that have never seen that movie but then some people have they're like oh hey yeah yeah you know and so stuff like that was cool and fun um i, t- I hated the uh the reverse um decaying pumpkin in the opening credits oh i really like but that i just thought it looked so cheesy um because the the, the it's carved exactly like the yeah, pumpkin from yeah, the original which, uh, with the the I slice in the nose yeah. and everything. And that part it's I had a problem with, but it just I don't know, that reverse thing it <clears throat> it seemed a little cheesy to I me. I liked
0: it cuz I thought it was I like that they were like bringing that back, you yeah. know, like I don't know. I like that. That worked yeah. for me. But I get it. Yeah. Um I liked Carpenter's update to his Halloween theme. I thought it sounded like appropriately 2018. Yeah, without, and really, like, yeah, working with
1: his idea. son, you know, his son kind mm-hmm. of modernizes things a little bit. And the way soundtracks are now, there's there was some of the kind of like crunchy, like static noises yeah. that kind of like disaster pieces from It Follows the yeah. that does that soundtrack. There's that kind of un- unnerving sound a little bit that worked. I was not a fan of the, because I bought the soundtrack that morning oh, okay. To, you know to listen to. And a lot of scores, like you can kind of just listen to on their own. Mm-hmm. This one just had, there's a lot of little bits and pieces, just these musical cues it's not something you can just sit there and listen to as like yeah. a piece of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um for the but yeah, the, just the sort of updated pieces. I mean, there's even, you know, they kind of redid Lori's theme from the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh Alison, the granddaughter, the first time that she's being chased, there's this sound that almost sounds like you know, like an air horn alarm. Mm. Um and like when I first heard it, I kind of knew exactly what it was. But then when I when I saw it in the movie, it like fit really well because okay. it was sort of this like it's happening again, yeah, you know, kind of sound in a way. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I don't know how you explain that as far as sound goes, but it worked. Um, so yeah, that was definitely cool. Uh, and I, yeah, I'm glad that they didn't just kind of redo it. Yeah, you know, or, or use the same thing. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, two more loose ends that kind of I couldn't find a spot for elsewhere in the episode. I did not like her dad. The
1: <laughs> Did you, you recognize her? Do you watch Seinfeld?
0: I, I've seen a bunch of Seinfeld. I didn't recognize him. He's,
1: uh, <laughs> there's Elaine. She's dating Putty at the time. And then she sees this dude and, like, falls in love with his eyes. And he's, okay. like, he's like a mattress salesman or something okay. like that. That's the guy. He's that, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh my god, it's the Mattress King. <laughs> um, that's and that's the only other thing I can think of that I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure he's been in plenty of stuff. You know, I mean, does well enough to get this kind of part, I suppose. Yeah. But um, so that was kind of funny to me <laughs> that I yeah. recognized him from Seinfeld. Uh, he was he was goofy and he was dumb, but I think. They had. They almost had to make it obvious that he was like not part of the Strode family. Yeah. Because the daughter, even though she was pushing off and playing off the whole, you know, thing with her with Laurie, it was underlying that it was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and I don't think I think that you know because usually the you know. The father is the, you know, protect my family, yeah. you know, stand up one. And this dude totally wasn't. And yeah. I think they had to kind of play that off a little bit. They maybe did it in a really goofy way. It was super
0: over the top. Like, he's just like, oh, I got peanut butter on my penis. Yeah. And I was like, what, are, what is this movie? Mm-hmm. And then he's just like at Lori's house playing with a freaking yo-yo. And you're like, what is happening?
1: <laughs> yeah, see that, I, I, in a way, didn't mind some of that stuff too much because it, just showed how clueless he was. Yeah. Because he wasn't there for all that. And since Lori wasn't a part of her life through most of that stuff other than knowing that she's a crazy old lady. Yeah. I think it kind of in a way showed him just kind of be like, Oh Okay. You know, yeah. Sure there's a the killer, you know, like Yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely over the top. Um, and yeah, that whole kitchen scene with the peanut butter and the whole thing that went on. Little longer than he needed to, but yeah. um,
0: Then I didn't like that nothing happened to uh, was her name Allison, the granddaughter. I
1: didn't
0: like anything, I didn't like that anything didn't happen to her
1: boyfriend. Like, he didn't get killed, did he? I didn't think about that. No, he just kind of disappears. The friend got killed, yeah. Um, and like, I kind of like that killing. We we didn't mention that. Oh, yeah, impaled on the fence thing, yeah. Um, I, to be honest, never even thought about that. Nothing. He just sort of disappeared. After yeah. That.
0: He, like, throws her phone in the dit. Yeah. So it gives her a reason to not have not a phone. have a phone, yeah. And then he just is never there again. And I was like, really? Like, this is the guy that we should see get
1: killed by yeah, Michael Myers. I never even thought about that. Um the, the thing about the friend that got killed, I think, in a way, that was a. Uh, it was them. Throwing in a little bit of modern time stuff to it because he made the advance on mm-hmm. her and you know kissed her and she was like didn't want that right and then
0: two he minutes later dead
1: um, yeah
0: but at the same time cheating is still really bad like, well yeah like, <laughs> you know yeah I mean
1: I'm not saying I'm not saying I had a problem with it but right. I think that was what they were doing yeah there, you know, no I of,
0: agree but I also think that he should the boyfriend should have been punished
1: well yeah right? the but yeah the boyfriend yeah he definitely should have been. I didn't even think about it till just now. Yeah, I, I never even thought about the fact that he there just there disappeared. Um, he was probably off banging that chick. <laughs> um, yeah. Which would have been a good opportunity for him to be killed somehow. Yep. You know, being a house that's in the neighborhood or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And didn't then, uh, I know I said too, but uh, the doctor's turn, we didn't really talk about in detail. Oh, so yeah. he's got this doctor assigned to him that studied under Loomis and he's driving around with the cops and he's trying to like insert himself into every little chunk of like the night that he can mm. and then they finally roll up on him they run him over and then uh, the doctor gets out of the car Allison's in the backseat of the cop car checks his policy says he's dead and then the sheriff got or the, the cop from the original one is there and he's like well I'm gonna shoot him and make sure he's dead and then the doctor like has like a portable pen pen scalpel thing thing, and stabs him in the neck and kills him and he's like oh i feel powerful now or whatever and then they do this thing where they make you think that like michael is dead and then like the doctor pops up and he's wearing the mask and you think it's gonna be the doctor for the rest of the movie and i was like oh i'm gonna be
1: pissed yeah i i I never thought that they were going to make that turn just yeah. because it was so outlandish and stupid. But, yeah, that whole thing was just so unnecessary. It was. It did nothing. It did nothing. Because he's dead two minutes later. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, it would be one thing if they... Even though it would have been dumb, I mean, I guess if they were going to make that crazy plot twist, there would have at least been a reason for it, yeah. I suppose. But uh, that's the thing they... Because they just, they introduce these little things to make you not trust them. Yeah. And that in itself is fine too, but... Like, if you would have just come up with a way to not get Michael killed and set him free or whatever, then that would have been enough. Yeah, yep. Because, like, fine, he's spent so much time with him, he's now identifying with him, and, you know, still has that what is making him do this. Why yeah. is he like this way? That would have been enough. That would have been just fine. Even in Zombies Halloween, when Malcolm McDowell's Loomis, he, he totally identified him with him. He totally, you know, that was his only friend because that's what he spent his entire career on. Yeah. But he also knew he had to kill him. He couldn't just let him go out and kill. Yeah. So that change of, you know, the doctor didn't want to let him go. I wasn't, entirely like against like that aspect of it i ha- was fine with yeah but that weird little thing of him putting on the mask and everything yeah that was just yeah. totally unnecessary and then
0: even how that resolves with them finding the other with him finding the other cop car and like sending him to the house like i know it was a good way to get him to the house but then when the dad like finds the bodies and he's got like the flashlight in the head that he carved the eyes yeah. out of and i was like so we just did like arts and crafts like
1: <laughs> yeah and that We kind of talked about that after the, uh, when we watched the original one a few days before. Mm -hmm. We almost, we want to see, you know, if anybody out there on the internet is actually listening right now, we want to see somebody make a video of like, Michael Myers doing all the things that he does after to like prop up the bodies <laughs> and do all the thing like him running around, hanging it, looking like, hey, is, "Are they going to see this? Is it a good spot? <laughs> Seeing if it's straight, yeah, you know." And, and then yeah, him you know cutting off the face and you know sort of admiring his work, you know, like it's a carved jack lantern. I think that'd be hilarious. To yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, but that yeah, it's the same way. Like, when did he have time to do that? Yeah. How did he have time to do it's that? that? Like, uh, it's the. Have you seen the
0: Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. so there's a scene in that that really upsets me because he like escapes the jail in the Mideast east and like comes back to gotham through magic and then uh they're like the bomb's gonna go off in 12 hours and gotham we only have 12 hours to save mm. gotham and then they're like the Scarecrow is like the judge in this weird prison where they're like judging normal citizens and he tells them they got to walk out on like the Gotham Lake in ice or whatever and mm-hmm. then fall through the ice and they'll die. And so they're walking out and then someone like, he Batman like throws a lighter or a match on the ground and it like lights this whole big bat symbol on the Gotham bridge. And I was like, so he was just Banksy for those 12 hours. Like he, like when did he have time to go get all the gas, the matches, climb the bridge with nobody seeing him, paint the freaking bat symbol in Mm. gas like this is so stupid that's the thing like
1: there's that whole you gotta suspend your belief thing
0: but it's a bridge too far yeah that's the
1: thing there's sometimes where you're like all right fine you (laughs) know like um and even that you know the michael myers stuff isn't to that extreme yeah you know but but yeah there's the like, how, how did he do that? Yeah. And even sometimes, why did he do that? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, exactly. You know, why... I mean, I guess it's Halloween. He wants to get some sugar treats in too, I suppose. <laughs> sure. But, like, yeah, why is he, like, hiding bodies and making little. That, they're not even like booby traps. They're just, like, uh, you know, like in the first one when the body, like, swings out of the closet. Yeah.
0: Why did he do that?
1: Yeah. Like, why did he take the time to do that? He probably could have killed two or three more people. Yeah, and I know time. there's, like,
0: the serial killer. Like there's the, the the routine that they a lot of them um, follow, you know, yeah. and they get into like the rituals behind the killing and yeah. stuff. But his have no real rhyme or reason. Yeah. Like it's just like weird little art projects yeah, with exactly. them. It's not like oh he always cuts off the pinky toe or yeah. whatever. You mm-hmm. know, it's usually it's like a consistent thing. Yeah. And with him, it's just like I don't know. They're on the wall now. They're hanging in the closet yeah. now. This guy's a jack o' lantern. Yeah. And it's like okay. And um. that
1: that was I think one of those things I didn't think about it earlier when I was talking about. I didn't like that he all of a sudden was stomping on heads and stuff. I didn't like that part of it either because even though he did, you know, hide the bodies and do all that kind of thing, yeah, the jack lantern head looked cool. Yeah. But he's never done that before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why did he take the time to do that just out in the middle of the woods, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I thought that was... It looked cool. Yeah. I mean, I didn't... I I liked it. Yeah. (laughs) No, (laughs) he
0: showed up and I was like, that looks cool, but... What? White, yeah. yeah, I just had, like you said, the YouTube video in my head of yeah. him just, like, cutting the head off and then, like, you know, cutting the eyeballs out yeah. and slicing the mouth open, and yeah. you know, just working on it like a jack-o'-lantern. Exactly.
1: When all he has, as far as we know, is this big-ass butcher knife. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have some precision instruments yeah. with him or anything, so. Yeah. But, I don't uh, know.
0: Um, all right, man, do you have anything else to say? I think we covered the, the bases pretty. Yeah,
1: pretty... I think... I think we pretty much touched on everything. I mean, like I said, you know, I know we we sat here and we picked it apart, but I mean, it, as far as Halloween movies go, it did what it was supposed to do. You know, yeah. it, it made us a decent Michael Myers movie, which is all they could have done. Yeah. They, they it's been done so many times and from every different angle that that's that's what they had to do. They just had to make make a movie and you know, it wasn't going to be over the top and ridiculous because Jamie Lee Curtis isn't going to be in a movie like that. Yeah. You know, they're not going to, she's not going to be in a full on gore fest by any means. And, right. Um, you know, it. like I said, it did what it was supposed to do. I, I was fine with it. There was, you know, definitely issues obviously, Yeah, you know, but, yeah. um, but all now, in all it was solid.
0: Yeah. I think you could do a lot worse. Like there have yeah. been worse Halloween movies for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, yeah. um, But at the same time, like I said, it's not something I'm going to rush out and be. It's not going to be like a Halloween favorite for me. Um, You know, it's not going to be something I rush out to see again. It'll probably be something like when I have kids and like they're teenagers and I'm getting them into horror movies. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's a good way, I guess, even though it's the end of the series in a way. It's a good introduction movie to a point. Yeah. And that's something that I... I'm not a fan of, like, over-the-top and constant remakes and, mm-hmm. like, prequels and all that and reboots and all that kind of thing. But sometimes they're necessary. Sometimes yeah. you got to kind of wipe the stri- slate clean. I think that's what Zombie tried to do with his first one, but it just sort of needed that one more, like, all right, let's start over.
0: Yeah.
1: And in a way, th- th- there's going to be plenty of people out there that, like you said, you've only seen the first one. There's going to be plenty of people that saw this movie this weekend They've never seen any of the other movies. Yeah. And, like, I worked at Sam Goodie and FYE for years and years and years. And there was all the time, whether it was the Texas Chainsaw remake, the Friday the 13th remake, any of that stuff. There was always those people that went and saw that in the theater, and then they came and they bought the original. Yeah. Or they bought the series, or they bought whatever, and that always kind of made me feel good in a way. Cause it's like, all right, now you're going to check it out. Now yeah. you're going to see what it's all about. Um, some of the people of this generation, they, you know, they watch the new one and they watch the original and they're like, Oh, well, it's not scary. There's no blood. There's, you know, yeah, those people, you know, it's whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but, um, I, in a way like the idea of sort of starting clean and bringing new attention to it. And, yeah. you know, it, uh, like I said, they pretty much did what they needed to do with it, I believe. So. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, yeah, it, it's fun. I don't know. Like I said, I watched a, I watched it in basically a sold out crowd on a Saturday yeah. night, and that's the crowd to see it with. Um, hmm. Except the guy who wouldn't stop texting his buddy until he got there twenty five minutes late, <laughs> and the people that brought a baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I it was it was fun. Like vibing off that crowd, and they reacted when they were supposed to, and that was cool. Um. But yeah, I watch the original if you haven't because it's great. Um, yeah,
1: it's definitely something that still holds up. Yeah, you know, there's some, there's some you know goofy moments to it now. You know, thirty whatever years later, when uh,
0: Loomis is like, "Get your ass out of here!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, and and even just some of the weird pacing stuff. And, yeah, you know, but like I said earlier, it literally was you know two hippies making their first movie. Yeah, and you know. Absolutely unknown actors for the most part. There's a couple of people you know sort of briefly known, but um, that was another callback thing that I didn't mention. P.J. Souls, that one of the the girls in the original. Mm-hmm. If you watch the credits, there's that scene in the classroom when uh, she's saying almost word for word what the teacher said in the first one. Oh, really? It was talking about fate and. Mm-hmm. Lori, or the do- granddaughter sees Lori out there yeah. where she saw my parents and all that stuff the teacher's voice that's pj souls oh so that that's cool, cool. Yeah, i like that I see that's that. really clever yeah
0: i like that a lot
1: because um, she would have she was so known from the first one yeah. and she died i guess so i mean i guess it couldn't have brought her back as a character yeah but uh yeah sort of bringing that little thing in cause yeah I mean, She's made an entire career off of that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. That was kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I like that yeah. a lot. Um, well, cool. Thanks for being on, man. Right on. Um, do you have anything you want to promote? You're super busy. I
1: know. Uh, nah, you know, this isn't about that. Um, I guess I'm... Uh, I've been referred to as Pat here all night, but uh, I'm the Fan Stranger, Fam Stranger Inc. on Facebook, and you can you can find out what I do there.
0: Yeah, all so. right, cool. Uh, I'm at MJSmith891. On Twitter, Uh, follow me there. That's probably the most active I am on social media. Um, Let me see. October 29th, Exorcist at the Fox Theater here in Bakersfield. Tickets are only $5. Uh, Friend of the show, Reed Lackey, is coming up to introduce it. It's his favorite movie of all time. And I like the way that guy thinks about movies. He's making a special trip up from Santa Clarita to introduce it. Uh, Tickets are only $5. Uh, Me and Mike are going to be introducing Planes, Trains, and Automobiles there on November 5th um, to kind of kick off Thanksgiving season so come out for that and then we'll announce more as we book that.
1: Definitely check out The extras on the big screen. That's, I've never seen it in a theater. I've seen it one of those movies I'd seen a hundred times and then the first time I saw it whatever anniversary it was mm-hmm. so seeing it in the on the big screen and it was like I was scared all over again. <laughs> it just, it's just so, so over the top and so you know claustrophobic yeah. and uh it was awesome on the big screen so nice yeah i'm looking forward to
0: it for sure i think it's going to be packed because people freaking love that movie.
1: yeah no it's well that's a lot of people's that's the movie that even their parents were afraid of yeah you know and so that's something that people always think about so. yep
0: for sure all right cool man um we'll be back in two weeks i think with ariel dyer to talk about the Suspiria remake so we're getting uh two horror movies in a row um Oh, Formative Filmography, the other show I do with uh, Corey Tyndall. The second episode should be out. The first episode, quote-unquote first episode, episode one, should be out now. The second episode will be out probably next week before the Suspiria episode. Um, So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Until next time, we're the bad guys.